Hello and welcome to Decades of Design. I'm Jordan Rich and I'm with Rosanna Ansaldi, designer, pattern maker, leather specialist, business owner, and entrepreneur. I invite you to join me in my studio as I weave through each decade of my career, sharing the stories and all the unique details that have made it mine. I hope you find it as interesting and informative as it has been for me. So, Rosanna, here we are. It's now the second decade of the new century, 2010 or so. You're in a city north of Boston, a beautiful suburb, and you're doing some custom work, but not the way you might have been doing it had nothing ever happened. <laughs> Correct. But yeah. things happen. Yeah. Things happen. Do. I was living in Andover. I had scaled down my business and spent time with my parents, like I said, as they get older. And I loved that quieter pace, but after a while, I was looking for something different to do. And I saw an ad for a clothing manager in Andover and decided to see what it was all about. A clothing manager. That could be anything. It could be anything, yeah, but it said clothing, so I thought... Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll so you follow up and... So I follow it up, and it's in this uh, bookstore. It's a, it's a famous bookstore, actually. It's the Andover Bookstore, which is located in Andover, and it's the oldest continuously running bookstore in the country. I did not know that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Independent bookstore, yes. Very nice. So I went in. It was all books, but um, upstairs they had a small section that had clothing and... Um, it was all Phillips Academy clothing. So they were the retailer for uh, Phillips Academy clothing, which was the prep school further down the street. So was this sort of a new startup project for you? For me, it was. They offered me the job with the flexibility to to do it on my, my own time. And uh, what they wanted me to do was take care of the clothing because the booksellers weren't interested in doing that. So I would be in charge of just ordering the clothing and maintaining the inventories, taking care of their website. At the beginning, they had a very small presence on the website, about 40 products. And so I, I, I took the job and I said, I'll take it on as if I was running my own business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Was it discussed that you might come up with new design ideas as well? Was that part of the... John, who was the son of the owner, um, it's the one that hired me. And he basically gave me leeway to do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to come up with new designs new colors, new ways of merchandising things. So he really gave me a broad freedom to do what I wanted to do. And at this time, I imagine you uh, increased your contacts and connections in the industry. I did. With that With that role, I, mm-hmm. I got to meet a lot of the vendors in that industry, and it's a very specific industry focused towards college, collegiate right. wear and all right. that. So, no. so it was a new learning experience for me. I got to learn a lot of new things, and um, it was interesting for me. Constantly learning, and that brings us to one more story in this particular decade, and that is meeting a woman who comes in as a custom client, and she's got an interesting request and asks you to handle a rather big project. Yeah, and in the beginning, it was just doing patterns and samples for her, and then she ended up handing me the whole project, like you said, to find her sourcing production facilities, pattern prototyping and digitizing services, and um, suppliers, all that kind of thing. Prior to this, you're not aware of these per se, right? You had to learn about this. Yeah, so it was something that I had to learn about and was interested in learning about. So I took on the project together with a colleague of mine, Martha Palaza, and we took a trip down to Fall River, which is where most of the production facilities are. And what are we talking about production of? We're not talking about clothing per se now. We're talking soft and hard goods of other kinds? Well, I was going down there thinking that it was mostly clothing, but what I learned from that whole experience was that there's a lot of production down there, um, accessories, soft goods, mm. as they're called, um, 
and a lot of other things that aren't. So that was another step forward, right, for for you to branch out. It was. It was another step forward, and um, it was interesting because I got to meet a lot of people and and build some connections. And from those facilities, they started sending me more work. And more of the work they were sending me was, like I said, more soft goods than apparel. So I was getting into a different type of design, uh, working with industrial designers. So from that experience, working with more industrial designers, um, now currently I work with more companies and individuals to do soft goods. Some of the larger companies that I've dealt with are Good Baby, that now called Upper Baby, and I was doing a lot of their soft good components for their baby strollers and their car seats and the play pens and all that. I got to work with an engineer at Raytheon on a soft good component that's used as a testing device for the uh, Patriot missiles. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing at how amazing these things become, these turns and twists yeah, that we from have. from jockstraps to Patriot missiles. From jockstraps to Patriot missiles. <laughs> yes, it's always interesting. While I'm working with all these industrial designers, the soft good projects are a little bit hotter on the sewing machine than the clothing stuff that I was working on. So one day I was sewing away at my machine and it stopped working. A part had broken and uh, there aren't too many places where you can get these old machines serviced anymore. But I did find a place and I brought it in. And when the owner saw it, um, he immediately told me they couldn't uh, get parts for that machine anymore. It was too old and he wouldn't be able to repair it. Of course, uh, my hat dropped, and uh, I was explaining to him how it was my dad's machine, and it meant the world to me, and I could never replace it. And I'm telling him this, and uh, another serendipitous moment, (laughs) a machinist who was working there overheard the conversation and came in to take a look at it. He started telling me uh, in broken English that he might be able to tool a part for it, um, create one from another part. He told me that he couldn't make me any promises, but he would try. So, of course, I breathed a sigh of relief and left it in his hands. And a week later, when I went to pick it up, by some miracle, he had fixed it. And it's been running beautifully ever since. You know, one of the twists, one of the turns involves you coming up with a patent for something special. Not everybody does that on a regular basis, but you did. Share a bit of that story with us, if you would. I'm working with all these industrial designers and startups, and I'm seeing all these people with their ideas and creations, and I'm helping them bring them to life. And I think, hey, I have some great ideas too, so I should probably work on some of my own creations. So I started working on a totally new thing, a product idea that I had, and I started learning about patents and how to protect designs. And without getting into too much detail, um, I created a patent pending product that's not on the market yet, but um, I took it through the design process and as far as I could take it, you know, for a decent prototype and uh, hired an attorney to help me apply for the patent and the filing and started reaching out to companies that might be interested in it. Finally, it's the end of the decade, midway through 2019. We should add that the store, the bookstore that had the clothing contingent, that clothing contingent branched off into its own individual store years earlier. You helped to build that. You brought it into existence and really made it shine. Over the years, I had expanded it from the small section that it was into a larger section, and then it took up the entire floor. Um, I expanded their web presence from 40 products to over 400 products, and it came to the point where it warranted its own standalone store, and that store opened in 2016. And then in the summer of 2019, the owner wanted to close it or uh, sell it, and he had asked me if I'd be interested in buying it. 
And um, I talked it over with a friend of mine, and he advised me to buy it. But at the time, I wasn't really interested in owning a retail store. So I didn't give it much thought. And you decide to go to Italy. Always a good idea. Always a top on my list. You come back, and there has been a suggestion prior that you might want to look into buying the store. And what happens when you return from Italy? I wasn't interested in owning a retail store. Went to Italy in the fall, like you <laughs> said, return. And the day I returned, I said, I think I'm going to buy the store. And that was, the decision was just like that. And to this day, I don't know why. I, I know that, why. <laughs> I know why. Your dad and the entrepreneur spirit. Maybe, yeah. And I hated to see that it was... Uh, it was a store that was built up to um, a good potential, and it was in a great location. It's on Main Street in Andover, and um, I said, it's a good opportunity. I think I'll do it. That's when we started talking about it with the owner and uh, preparing to buy it. Well, speaking of a guy named John, guess who's on the phone with us right now, Rosanna? It's John himself from the bookstore. Hey, John. Hey, Rosanna. How you doing? Good. How are you? Fantastic. It's so nice to meet you, sir, and uh, tell me a little bit about your first impressions of this young lady. Oh, Rosanna was amazing. She came in, she's got style, you know, coming out of her ears, and, and I was looking for someone to help with clothing and merchandise, and uh, she was the person uh, from the minute she walked in the store. I remember that day. I remember going upstairs and seeing the clothing section. and Old home week, though, for a certain part of you, right? The fact that you were coming back to the suburbs. Yeah, I had just moved back to the suburbs, and uh, I saw an ad for a clothing manager, and I didn't know what to expect. But when I went over, I saw what it was. I met with John, and yeah, it was a good fit. Now, John, you're at the oldest continuously run local bookstore in the country. Where does clothing come in? Well, for a long time, the bookstore did all of the textbooks and clothing for Phillips Academy uh, right up the street. For most of the bookstore's life, uh, they did both. And so they would buy textbooks for us three times a year and would buy lots of clothing all the time. So we always had a full selection of, you know, sweatshirts and T-shirts and baby gear and whatnot. So that was a a very good relationship for uh, the bookstore for many years until they kind of went a different direction with online textbooks. So it kind of made sense to bring in somebody with Rosanna's expertise, I imagine. Yes, it made it a lot better for me, someone who actually had better uh, fashion sense and style and and could keep it looking looking and feeling uh, better than I ever could. Rosanna, what was your first project, if you will? Do you remember what you first worked on when you got to the store? My first project was to basically learn everything, learn the systems. Like I had to make relationships with vendors, uh, vendors that they were already working with but hadn't been working with me. So uh, we did that. We uh, ordered some new things and started filling in uh, different products and uh, just kept it growing. John, what did you notice about her style? I mean, she is a very celebrated designer, but what did you note about her designs and her take on things early on? Just much more professional, much more somebody who had been to you know school and had been in the industry for a long time. Uh, so you just come with a different set of knowledge than, than I ever would have. I was saying, John, you gave me a, a broad freedom to do basically what I wanted to as far as merchandising and stuff. So, you know, it wasn't like he was breathing over my shoulder saying, you have to do this, you have to do that. It was he gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And John, can you reflect on the popularity of the kind of clothes we're talking about here that are town-centric in this case? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a high school and town environment, you know, 
people live in sweatshirts and sweatpants and t-shirts and athletic gear and hats and you know it's very preppy uh very college suburb town so you see it all over the town and it's, it's popular i started out as the clothing buyer apparel buyer and then it ended up that i was his sideline buyer which is a, all a gift buyer for all of his other stores transitioned into that role and what are we talking about john in terms of gifts what is she referring to so the clothing was in Andover. We didn't have that in the other stores, but we had cards and gifts and stuffed animals and puzzles. And uh, sideline is basically anything that wasn't a book, and that's about 20, 25 percent of a of a good independent bookstore's uh, sales. You know, especially in the heyday of bookstores. So we had at that point, I think, going back, we had three, and then we went to four or five locations. So I needed somebody who could move around and place those orders and make sure they were ordered and received and coordinate with the manager. So. That was just a kind of a natural fit because she could handle more, and so she did. So the success of that venture led to the new venture. You want to talk a little bit about that, John, uh, the one in 2016? Sure. So so we were looking, we thought it would be better to have it in a little bit more traffic-centric location, plus with the academy changing a little bit of gears, starting the rumblings of that. Uh, I thought it would be good to expand more into Andover merchandise as well, so not just uh, Phillips Academy kind of focus to do more you know, Andover High School, Andover Town gifts, um, and there was a good spot available. So one reason was that. Second reason was for that move was, you know, Amazon was really hurting the book business, you know, so you could kind of see the writing on the wall that it was going down uh, and needed to probably be right-sized to continue to stay in business so that the store that we were currently in at, you know, 5,000 square feet was probably too big for the market um, that it had been in for, you know, 200 years, so... Uh, it was kind of uh, both directions on that one for kind of an expansion and one to hedge against what would come, you know, down the road. John and Rosanna, here's something to ponder for the audience and me. You got to do this new arrangement <laughs> at a rather propitious time, 2020, when the whole world stopped. Was this right before the pandemic or in the midst of it? Well, we had right before it. Yeah, we had started in 2019 of the fall, so we didn't know the pandemic was on the horizon. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it was right before it. And then how did you survive through that period? We signed papers, what, February 1st? I had a good month, and then <laughs> COVID hit. But um, it's been good. It's all been good. So. And, John, you've got the longest continuously running local bookstore in the country, and it's still running. So, obviously, you were able to survive on your end as well. Sort of. I had other stores, too. The end of a bookstore is, is legendary. So a lot of people go there. And Andover is a good, uh, tight community. So, you know. People do shop in town. So, Roseanne, what does it feel like uh, to be back home to a certain extent and to really have built yourself a name and a very fine reputation in the community? It must be very self-satisfying. Yeah, it is. It's it's something I hadn't planned on. Like when I bought the store, I wasn't planning on working in there as much as I am, but I find myself in there a lot now. Just hard to find people that want to work at this point. But it's, it's been good because I get to meet uh, a lot of the people in the community and a lot of the business people that are surrounded around me. So, yeah, I enjoy it. And, John, having Rosanna in the community has to be an asset. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm just glad to see anything, you know, keep going and survive and thrive. So I'm happy to see it continue on uh, its own legacy and go its own directions. Well, John, Rosanna, and I certainly thank you for uh, for stopping by and calling in from a busy day at your store, and we appreciate the feedback. Thanks, John. Thank you. My pleasure.
It was so nice of John to call in. We thank him very much. And uh, it just keeps reminding me about the American dream and, and living your dream and the American success story that you are. Everything had to come together as it did, but uh, it really was a good fit and is a good fit. Like I said, I lived in the uh, community. It was a great location, and the store had been built up to a good potential. So I thought it was a good opportunity. So time for another update. What's been happening since then, Rosanna? So it's been three years now since I bought the store and made it through the COVID time. So I'm fortunate for that and um, still maintaining my design business with any interesting projects that come my way. And in any spare time, just chipping away at new ventures. Finally, the one common thread, if I can use that expression, is that wonderful sewing machine still working, still cranking out great designs. And more importantly, your family, your mom, your dad, the people who supported you all this time. I know I talk about my dad a lot, but my mom and dad both supported me as well as my family. Yes, my dad's sewing machine, like you said, it's been a staple from the beginning of my design career, and it still sits proudly in my studio, ready for whenever I need to crank out a new creation. Everyone, including your family, uh, here or gone, are very, very proud of you. You know that. I hope so. Any final thoughts before we close? Well, I want to thank you, Jordan, for making this whole process easy. Um, It was a really great journey for me, and I hope these podcasts inspire people to go for their dreams, whatever they may be. Thank you for listening to Decades of Design, a snapshot of my career journey. Find out more design details by reaching out to me on LinkedIn or view products from my retail store at andovercollection.com. Please subscribe and download and tell your friends. Reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated. Remember, stay creative and design a great life.